Hi, Tribe. This is Carehart from Mystic Tribe, and I am so excited about our next guest. He has totally helped me to transform my life, and I've only known him for a few short weeks. He's a very special human being, and his name is Shaman Durek. He's a third-generation shaman who was chosen at the age of five after exhibiting many abilities, gifts, and his studies began at age 11. So he's devoted decades to studying and practicing and becoming a thought leader and spiritual enthusiast for people all over the world. He's also an author, an activist, and a women's empowerment leader. He travels all over the world to war-torn countries, to places where women's rights are really suppressed. And he educates, he helps, he uplifts. Wherever spirit guides him to go and spread his light, he goes there. And we had an amazing conversation. Honestly, it was one of the best conversations I've ever had. He's so full of wisdom. And we get really deep on what it means to be a shaman, some of the harder lessons he's had to learn, what his upbringing was like, masculine and feminine energies. And we even talk about his favorite video games. So he has so much knowledge, so much wisdom. I'm so excited for all of you to hear this. And without further ado, here is Shaman Durek. So grateful that you're here. It's an honor to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Of course. So first, I want to ask, what is your definition of a shaman? A shaman is um, a mediator between the spirit world and the physical world. We hold the values and the understandings of what happens within cultural society, as well as understanding the preservation of life, not just within humans, but within animals and within nature itself. Mm. And we also intercede for spirits to be able to make communication or bring new ideas or new understandings to people so that they can better their lives. And we also have the ability to use um, powers that can influence change in people as well as opening up their own powers Mm. so that they can see the benefit of being completely aware of themselves and then coming into that awareness of self allows them to live in an authentic way so that they create a better life, uh, uh, not just for themselves, but for for their family, for their community, for everyone. So shamans are the are the ambassadors for, for to bring that, you know, to bring that into fruition. Wow, that's a beautiful, beautiful answer. And when you are embodying this, what is the type of healing that you're giving to people? Like when you say that you show up to show them who they authentically are, like I had a few people ask like, oh, is shamanism, is that Reiki energy healing? Like I feel that you use a lot of different energy modalities and different ways of healing and, and uh, giving your gifts to the world. So what are some of those ways? Well, first of all, just understand just like the basic and understanding of shamanism, right? So a shaman isn't someone who just takes plants and gives it to people. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have this misinterpretation that, oh, you're a shaman, you must be doing ayahuasca, you must be doing iboga, you must be doing all these things. These are uh, people who work with plants, right? Shamanism is geared in the fundamental understanding of both not just the the biology of your body, but understanding how your, your mind works, understanding how your body works, understanding how energy is operating in the universe and operating on a planetary level because the energy that's in the universe is also different from the energy that's happening on a planetary level. Then there's energy that's happening in your environment and then there's energy that's happening in the the natural environment such as nature and the forest, jungle and so forth. So what we do as we assess all of these energies, how they're affecting you, what types of things are affecting you, then we look at your belief patterns, your belief systems, where they come from, why you're holding on to them, why do you use them, um, and why do you continue them in your life to, is it because you're afraid to move forward? Is it because you're afraid to take responsibility in a certain area of your life? Are you a person who likes to, to blame other people for your existence? Are you honoring and understanding yourself as a powerful being? Once we understand these things, then we begin to build a plan that is based on what is the element 
elements that you're dealing with. So if you do have symptoms of illnesses or things of this nature, we look at the, the cause, core effect, record, memory, and discordant vibration of these illnesses. Mm -hmm. If you are operating from a mental distortion or energy, we look at your thinking process. Are you thinking correctly as in for you? Are you thinking against yourself? Is your environment conducive to your evolution? Is the food you're eating conducive to your body for its process of evolution and sustainability? Is your emotions wavering from highs to lows? And if so, what type of things are creating that? Then we look at your spiritual. What are your spiritual beliefs? Do you believe in creation? Do you believe in God? Do you believe that there is no God? Are you atheist? Um, how was your your belief system, your belief in creation, how does it affect you in your, in your way of believing in yourself? So once we figure that out, then we tap into the, spirit, to the spiritual realm and use different powers that are available to us. So in shamanism, when you're a full-fledged shaman, you have access to all the dimensional gates. So I can pull, Reiki is, is one dimensional energy that has been given. And actually, in fact, Reiki from the whole understanding of Shokurei, Seheki, Daikyomio and Hasen Shonen Tsunen is basically one aspect of Reiki. There are 10 levels of Reiki that haven't been given to people on earth wow. yet because they haven't shown yet the mastery of using these symbols in the right way that it can be used. And the dimensions that you're tapping into, they're infinite. Infinite. Wow. Infinite. And so we have many doorways. And, and, and so that's why in shamanism, one of our biggest lessons in learning is to be able to become um, adaptable to any type of situation so that we can access these other dimensions. Because for human beings, they have a very set tone of how they want to see things. Whereas in shamanism, we can't create judgments because judgments creates a wall. So we have to mm. be completely fluid. Right. Yes. And so once we figure out what is the best thing for you, then if I have that power already in me, I'll use it, and if I don't have it, I'll download it and then bring it into your system. And then downloading from it is just having spirit give it to you. So it, it comes in through your mind's eye? You could say it like that. Let's make it more, if we want to make it more um, understandable. Yeah. Downloading means that there are certain frequencies of energy that are projected at you, and you have the ability to receive those frequencies because of your training as a shaman. Mm. You learn how, how to receive energy from spirit. Most human beings live in what we call a very perplexed state, where they operate from the idea that there's some power outside of them that is doing something to them, or they operate from a place that they can do it all themselves and they don't need any help. And so yeah. it's either one of these two. <laughs> Those are very extreme. And so this is something that you learn early as a child, correct? In Absolutely. Your, in your training. Absolutely. And, and what was that like? Like when I think about a shaman in training, I just imagine like you in the jungle as a kid with your ancestors and like living alone on a mountain. But what was it actually like? No, it's not like that. You, if you're in a tribe and living in a tribe in, your, in the place in your origin, yes, it would be like that. However, my family migrated to America. America. So my training was much more being like in the house, you wow. know, at your aunt's house, in the backyard. Is that you who know? taught you most of what you know or how um, train you? Different, yeah, different people within that. So different family members and then also um, different tribal members are also different mystics who would come in and be like, I'm, I've been sent to work with you wow. because you need this and this. And so it was a mixture of both. I had the African cultural training and then I had um, the Yoruban culture training and mm -hmm. then I had um, different uh, people come in to support me in that from different walks of life. And it can be anything from a mystic to a person who works in a certain field of understanding of energy to a doctor. 
Yeah. You know, and so all of these different people have, you know, came and just, it was, it was literally, the way my mom best put it was, they were already set up to come into your life, to be there. Yeah. So your family's training wasn't enough for me. Because you see, when you are a shaman and you take your cultural understandings, you're only limited to your cultural understandings. And in a lot of African cultural understandings is a lot of sacrificing, and I'm not into it. I'm no. not into killing animals. I'm not into sacrificing anything. Yeah. So a, that was really so hard for me as a kid. You know, seeing these animals in a tub and seeing these, you know, that these sacrifices were going to go on. And you had to witness that. Oh, yeah. As a kid. Yeah. And so when you are experiencing these high, these high levels of these extremes and then you're told, so you you don't want to just be like pigeonholed in one thing. And because I'm a shaman of the world, Mm -hmm. it wasn't just enough for me to learn about, you know, my cultural understanding of shamanism from African culture, but also learning about other people's cultures. So learning about religion. So I also went to Christian school. I also learned about, you know, Buddhism, Tibetanism, learning about the Bhagavad Gita, the Uvagad Gita, reading the, the books, understanding their ways, understanding the cultural understandings of these things, even down to, you know, paganism, understanding what paganism is, understanding um, Judaism, understanding, you know, why the Torah, what is the Talmud, why do you say these verses, what is the tree of life, what is the Aleph, what is the Delet, yeah. what is all of these things, because I have to deal with the world. Was that a conscious decision? Or did spirit or maybe your aunt tell you, like, you are not just for this one place, you're for the whole world? It's spirit. And then you, you so in, the, in, the, in shamanism, you have, you have two, you have elders who are oh. in physical and you have elders that are in the spirit. So my ancestors talk to me from the spirit. And, those and are then your, you have the elders? Yeah. Or two different things. So elders represents anyone who comes to bring you instruction. Ah, okay. Right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of times people think, oh, it's like an old person coming and teaching you on the yeah. mountaintop. It's not like that. <laughs> you can have a, I would sometimes be laying in bed and a spirit would would come in my room and shake me in my bed and be like oh. we have training to do get up wow you know and you're like it's like the you, military it's intense yeah. <laughs> it can be intense sometimes because you, you have something touching you that yeah. you can't see you know and you know it's there because you can feel it yeah. and you trust because you're told in your training that when a spirit comes to you to listen and give it respect the same way you would a human we have this word called talmuntu talmuntu means you have respect for the living and you have respect for the invisible in the same way. You don't vary between the two. A lot of times people have a lot of, they're, oh, I love, you know, they talk to human beings and whatever, but then all of a sudden an angel's trying to talk to them and they have no respect because they think the angel, they can't talk to an angel. So huh. it's, Talmuntu is realizing that you respect the living the way, if I build relationships with you as a friend, like I call you, I spend time with you, we go out, we have a good time, I have to do the same to the spirits. Wow. So how do you sort of embrace that? Do you just sort of like call upon them? And There's nothing you, to call upon. They're always they're here. Just, they're always there with you. This is a, like a misconception that New Age uh, uh, belief <laughs> systems have created. I call upon da-da-da. I call upon this and that. The, yeah. In the spirit world, everything is aware of, its, of, of everything. Yeah. So there's nothing to call upon. I just start the conversation. Wow, that's amazing. Like right and, now, your ancestors are here right now. They're, they're all aware. You, the moment you start talking to them, they're, they, they are aware. Their consciousness is already aware of consciousness. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, that does right? make sense, I think. So yeah. that's the reason why when, you, when people talk about God, they say oh, God is omnipresent, omniscient, omniscient, and, and, and omnipresent. It's the same thing because God consciousness gives awareness to all things. Mm-hmm. The difference between you being in a human body and outside of a human body is that in a human body, you've been conditioned 
to the thinking process of the world as you are in this dimension. So you're told that your only knowledge and your only application of knowledge and truth is that which you've studied and that which you've learned. But when you go into the spirit and remove the mind that is only supposed to just bring the messenger mm -hmm. instead of the mind thinks it's supposed to be the one that figures everything out, which is a big mistake in human consciousness yes. and is why people suffer because it's malfunction in thinking. Mm. The thinking is, here's the spirit. The spirit supposed to tell the mind. The mind is not supposed to think about or is this this and is this this it's supposed to go right to the emotions tell the emotions the emotions then um create it because emotion is energy in motion so it puts the energy the physical world receives it the elemental spirits in the physical world arrange it and bring it into your life in the in a tangible way but what has happened in, in in our world is that the mind hijacks and pushes the spirit away because it has false beliefs and then it takes over the emotions tells the emotions all kinds of information that really isn't governed for wellness, isn't governed for love, isn't governed for for sense mm. of, of harmony and balance. It is governed out of, of incorrect information that it gathered from this world. Now, most human beings don't realize that without the feminine perspective, you only see a fragmented um, frag a fragmented of fragment sorry fragment of information. Absolutely. And so your perception of the world is fragmented if you cannot operate from both your masculine and feminine side without judgment. Mm. Judgment limits you from seeing the picture. So you see it like a puzzle piece and you react to that puzzle piece. So when you react to that puzzle piece, that's what you're sharing with your emotions. So that's why you have a lot of pain and conflict in your life because you're not seeing the bigger picture and the only one who can see the bigger picture is your spirit. Yes. So that's what, so that's what we learn in shamanism. One of the first things we learn as children is to that we're that yes society is not going to agree with us people are going to think we're crazy and that most people are going to be uh, a little bit com uh, conflicting and combating with the information and i feel like this is where where one of my big things is that a lot of shamans have become i call them watered down shamans yeah. because shamans have become so lazy now they're just like here take this medicine instead of sitting down because they don't want to have conflict with that you that seems like a western mentality as well it, it, it yeah, is. There's a pill for this, or like, oh, just go to this yoga class. Yeah, just take this ayahuasca. That's it. Yeah. But we're not going to tell you how to access your powers while you're using the ayahuasca, or while you're on the iboga, or while you're on the peyote. Yeah. We're not going to sit down with you and show you the fundamental understandings of human existence, um, the oncology of it, the psychology of it, the understanding of sociology, the understanding of anthropology, and the understanding of, of the mind and how the mind actually works. No, they're not going to do that because that means that you have to deal with your your issues meaning yeah. like human beings and it's unfortunate human beings like to combat they like to because of the ego they they want to be right about their their little box even though their little box is killing them and squishing them and and, and you know suffocating them they want to be right about it yeah. so shaman doesn't want to deal with your your reaction if he has to pull you into a bigger box and you're still you're still holding to your little tiny little box so they just kind of you know give you like here take this medicine and let's get that box open you yeah. buy this medicine how do you i feel like there's so many shaman shamans out there mm -hmm. now people claiming to be shamans especially in LA especially in all the big cities mm -hmm. but for i don't know maybe some people who are watching this or listening how do you know if they're the real shaman or how do you you know because some people might not be aware of what the signs are so there are what we call patterns of powers right or are patterns of degrees of awareness and you can just give it any name you want but basically what it means is that in order to identify a shaman a shaman has to exude a certain amount of abilities mm -hmm. it has to be more than four or five abilities it can't just be like oh i'm a psychic 
They, they have to yeah. be able to show you in the moment. That what are they, some of those abilities? Like, for instance, um, I have the ability that I can like, go through your psyche right now and figure out what you're thinking. I can listen to your thoughts right now. Yeah. Um, I can go through your body and look and see, okay, this is what your body is communicating. I can talk to a tree if I want to, a flower. I can talk to animals. I can pinpoint information and directions. I can go in and figure out what types of energies are actually causing effect to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have to go in and do some kind of like, let me do that. I can send energy to you just by sitting here and being here. I can Definitely. communicate to any spirit that needs to talk to me. I can communicate to any, pretty much anything. Really, were these basically. gifts that you just naturally had, which is why you were recognized as a child, or did you exhibit a couple gifts and then your training really brought all of them out? Now? Yeah, it's it's a, it's a, it's a it's a mixture. So I exhibit the first exhibit um, exhibit that you know in one's a shaman is that they love um, you unconditionally. So that's the first key. If a shaman can't hug you more than five seconds or hold you in their arms, they're not a shaman. Someone once told me that and it takes seven seconds to really feel the energy when you give someone a hug. I mean, you can feel a shaman. You can yeah. feel them. Like, like it, it, you know, my, my aunt always said, she says, honey, I said, honey, what, how are they going to know? Like, you know, I always said this thing about, um, you know, me being a shaman and there's all these people who are saying they're shamans and they're really not. Yeah. And my aunt said, don't worry, they'll know who you are in the end. And I said, why? And she said, because they'll feel your love. Because shamans exude an extreme amount of love from their being. People, you'll know a shaman because you'll get an energy moving through. You'll be like, oh my God, that hug was intense. Or, oh my God, I feel this intense energy. What is this thing about you? That's how I felt after our healing. Like totally, like when I came home, I was like, wow, it was so fun. It felt so good. Yeah, that's another thing you'll know. Shamans will not beat you up. They will not tell you you're doing something wrong. They are here to uplift you. They're here to look at the beauty in you. They're yeah. here to show you the beauty in you. They're not going to sit here and argue with you. If someone starts arguing with me, I'm like this. <laughs> yeah. There's no, I'm not, argument means that I There's have no to point, defend yeah. something. I have nothing to defend with you. I'm here to serve you. Yeah. If you want to argue, you go right ahead. I'll just be here to love you and support you. Has it been difficult to have that kind of compassion and love or do you feel that you sort of, because I know you've been through a lot, Mm -hmm. you even died and had to teach yourself how to walk again and you healed yourself and you've healed so many people. So, and you've been to some of the darkest places. I have. And in yourself and even outside of yourself. So, so what was your journey to self-love like? It was hell. It was unbearably... Um, gruelish hell. Yeah. Um, I was beaten every single day as a kid. I had a male babysitter who took me every night in the bathroom and did sexual things to me. I watched my neighbor do sexual things to my sister. Mm. I, um, my father was so afraid of the shamanism that when he remarried to my stepmom, who was Catholic, yeah. they believed in um, cleansing the flesh. So they made certain types of uh, devices to cleanse the flesh. I don't even, I've never even heard that term. Yeah, it's an old term, come back in old Catholicism, where they used to like, cleaning cleaning the flesh means to rid you of sin. So is that when people would like whip themselves and things like that? That was flagellation, but that was also a cleansing of the flesh, yes. So their whole thing was me and my sister come in the room, confess your sins. I... As a little kid. Yeah, and when you confess the sin, what are you confessing? I mean, I didn't pick up my toys. You know, okay, so I chose to stay up and watch Cosby show when you told me not to, you know, but... Um, and that, they consider that a sin. Yes, like lie is a sin. Up. Wow. Yeah, that's a sin. So 
you know, the first part of the sins were, and I, I'm, I'm going to get a little bit emotional here because it's no, take, it's okay. I have to go back and look at it all. Um, the first part was um, putting your hands out and taking the la 10 lashes for each sin. And the lashes were painful. I mean, my hands would blister up, sometimes bleed. And then after you took the lashes from your hands, um, you had to go to this closet. It was like a very 70s type closet with gold borders and a glass mirror. Mm -hmm. You'd open the closet and there'd be like hooks with these different cleansing things that they, that they orchestrated. Some was a vacuum cleaner cord that they wrapped, they twined up. One was like a big belt. One had straps on it that had cuts in it so that when it hits you, it like breaks your skin. It was like different ones and you would choose. And if you didn't show pain and suffering for your cleansing, like if you didn't go through pain, then you weren't being cleansed properly. So you would have to go back to the closet and choose something more mightier for them to cleanse your flesh with. So this went on. And then after, you know, you would your go through this. Your whole childhood? Pretty much, yeah. And um, after you go through the cleansing, um, you, you can't fall down. If you fall down, you get it again. So you have to stand strong. My legs would be shaking. I'd be bleeding. How old were you when they first started doing this? Uh, six years old. Six? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So wow. while you're seeing that, because I have powers, I could see the darkness in them looking mm -hmm. at me through their eyes. I could see spirits inside of them enjoying watching the child of light be cleansed in this way. I could hear and see the possession of spirits that has possessed their bodies, darkness in physical form, hurting me to see me break. And that was, a, when you say, when you talk about um, getting to love, When you watch your, your sister um, want to take the cleansing for you so that you can, because you can't stand up anymore. When you see um, your father's feet because you're on the ground because you can't walk and blood is dripping down your back and you kissing his feet and begging for mercy and they scream no mercy. Your stepmom stands on a chair and screams no mercy and you're on the floor and you have no mercy, you can't walk, you can't, you put your hand up, they push your hand away and they keep beating you until you throwing up on the carpet. The pain is so unbearable. I used to beg to die. I used to cry every, every time they dragged me back to my room. My nanny from Portugal would come in with a bucket and cloth and wash the blood from my body. And I would ask her why. My dad would tell me while they were cleansing me that they had to clean me of these things that are inside of me because they're wicked. As I have to take out these gifts that I have, I have to, you know, that I was born by the, I was born with the devil's curse on me and that I was born into sin. And I hear these voices talking, saying like, die, die child of light, die. And I hear the darkness moving around me while I'm, while, I'm, while I'm in pain, shaking in a corner. I could never sit on my bed. It was too painful. I sat in the corner with my leg, my arms pulling my legs. I could hear my sister screaming in the other room. They wouldn't let me see her. They'd lock me in our rooms. And um, I used to always think, you know, 
my dad would come in later and say, um, you have to wear long shirts to school. You have to wear this and that because they didn't want people to know. And they say, he would say to me, you know, I do this because I love you. And I said to myself, this is love. Wow. I am love. Yeah. This isn't love. And you grew up with that. And your training in shamanism, carrying all that on you, you studying religion, you're trying to understand what kind of God is this really? A God that gets jealous, a God that gets angry, a God that hurts and says it will throw you to hell? How can that, how can that, why would you even create me if you're so easy to dispose of me? Yeah. All these questions came through me. I got to a place of love through a choice of, you know, me and my sister were talking on the phone the other day and we were talking about all the things we went through. We told them if people really knew all the things that I actually gone through, they'd be like, wow, that's kind of crazy. And I was saying to her, wow, we survived. Yeah. And look at who we are. My sister is a healer, kinesiologist, helps people change their lives. I spend my life devoted to supporting women and going out into the world and bringing love to people. And we could have turned the opposite. We could have been like, you know, murderers. We yeah. could have, I could have turned my powers into the dark side. And there's so many times I had choices. I mean, I remember times where I was at a swimming pool party and I went in the room to change my, to my bathing suit. And this, this, this um, spirit walked in the room and started changing forms and telling me, was shape-shifting in front of me and, and all these arms came out of the wall and it said, all you have to do is say that you will give all your powers to the dark side and we'll make you powerful. We'll make you rule over people. We'll give you powers to manipulate people, to shift them, to change them, to get inside the very heart and crush them. Wow. And I was like, there's no way. Because every time me and my sister kept thinking, how could we ever turn to the dark side and inflict the same pain that was inflicted upon us, hmm. we'll, we'll, we'll take it. We'll take it and we'll turn it into love. And that's what we did. Both me and my sister made it pack that we, no matter how much pain we go through, we would never stop loving. I'm so glad that you had her. She saved me. If I, I don't think if my sister Angelina was there, I would have crashed. I would have crumbled. Is she really what helped you get through that stage of your life? She is what got me through. She got me through all my stages. She still does. Yeah. There are times where I wanted to give up. There's times where I was in countries where, you know, bombs were going off and people were getting shot in front in front of me and craziness. And I was just like, I, I can't, I don't know if I can do this. Yeah. You know, and I'm scared. I don't know what to do. And she says, you are the shaman in our family. You are powerful. Look at what you've come through. You can do it, brother. I yeah. believe in you. Wow, Don't so give powerful. up. And I didn't, you know. Even when I died in the hospital and the doctors told me I wasn't going to be able to walk again or function again. or She stood by my side, her and my friend Melanie. Mm. And my dad was ready to throw in the towel. The doctors was like, his, you know, all his organs wow. are failing. We keeps, he keeps dying. We keep resuscitating him. We have to make the truth that your son isn't going to make it through this. And my dad was like, okay, let's go coffin shopping. But and the death was part of your true initiation as the shaman, Completely, wasn't it? yes. But he didn't want to see that. 
even though he had a, he had a, the knowing inside of him. He yeah, just and he's couldn't. always been in conflict with it. Wow. Sometimes he's like says something to me about like how what it was like being with grandmother and learning about shamanism, and he was so happy about it. And then one day he talks and. It's something completely different. I was like, I was dealing with Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. Wow. One day he's like, I'm really proud of you learning your powers and all this. And then another second, it's like, you're such a sinner. You're going to hell. This is the reason why these things are happening to you. And I've learned through this process that it's not about what someone else says. It's about what I say. Yeah. And you have I, the power inside of you. Yeah. How how did you come? Have you have you forgiven him? Oh, forgiven? I don't believe in forgiveness. No. No, I don't forgive anybody. I accept them. Mm, I like that a lot. That's my forgiveness. Yeah. How did you make peace with that kind of upbringing? Do you have a relationship with him today? We did. Yeah, we had a great relationship, and um, he died last year. Oh. And you know, before he died, he said to me. Um, you were the greatest thing. I wish I would have been more feeling safe to be what our family is. I, but I will say this, he said, before I, before I die, he said, any God that says that you can't be loved or you're going to be judged or you're going to be punished or you're going to be this or you're going to be that, he said, is not my God. Wow. He was my God is love. And so he, he like, really... You taught me that. Oh my God, that's so amazing. He always said that I was like the thorn and I was also the blessing in his life. Because yeah. I all the fears he had, all the things he went through as a child. My dad was born 1925. Wow. Okay. He didn't even have a car. He used to ride horses. So, you know, they're... Very different time. Very different time. Yeah. And he saw people getting lynched. Um, I remember when he was uh, when he was the road manager for my cousin Fats Domino, he used to literally, they used to go on, on the road and the, every time they went into town because they couldn't put their money in the bank, they put their money in their cars and they'd go into town and the country boys would shoot them up and my dad had to learn how to fight with a gun. He had to learn how to, to, to be very, very strong with his gun. So he wow. became a, gun, a gunslinger. You know, it's like he, so his whole mentality of having me later in life you know, you know, I, he was older when he had me. So, yeah. and my family was older too. So their mentality came out of that era. So for, so I can understand his conflict he had because growing up having a, 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 a grandmother and, a, and a, another family member and they're shamans and they're taking people and putting, mixing herbs and doing all these things and spirits and this and that, you know, he just wanted a normal life. Yeah. And was he in America too? And he was in America too, yeah. So it's even even more strange. Yeah, and yeah. so you have my grandma who's coming from Africa coming in the house, and they're living in New Orleans, and he's got this. They have this big table, and people would lay on the table, be so sick, and they would be shaking and throwing up, and my grandmother would wave her hand over them, say some words, and all of a sudden, like they're throwing up, blood would come out of them. My dad used to tell me all kinds of things, and he's like, "I don't want you to have these powers." Like he was but scared. Those powers are what heals people. You. He's even so talking to me. He's people. talking to me right now. What is he saying? He said, "I love you, and I'm glad that you have these things, and I'm glad that you're talking about these things." Oh, that's so beautiful. Because I hear them all talking on the other side. Yeah. Well, it's true. Like going through that kind of pain. I mean, you're able to really, really be there with people when they're feeling that. You know. I feel just from what we've talked about, like your whole story, there are very few things you haven't really experienced. You've experienced all the abuse, you've experienced death, you've experienced not having control of your body, like 
feel like a prisoner in your own body. Almost. I was an alcoholic. Wow, I was a I drug addict. Yeah. So your ability to just have so much compassion and just know like you've been there too, I think makes you an even more powerful person. You can really impact people. There's you know? no human being that I will not embrace. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that is part of the shaman. I think a lot of people sort of forget that. They think shaman's like all love and light and all these things. But really, to be initiated as a shaman, you have to go through the most difficult trials, the most painful surrender. You actually, it's really funny because a friend of mine from Mongolia, he's a shaman in Mongolia, and he said to me, um, he goes, you're literally, you're, and when you choose the path of a shaman to become a real shaman, you have to have your spirit broken wow. so you can understand all of the depths of darkness and all of the understandings of life. And you have to be able to embrace both. Mm. I feel, I mean, how many times do you feel your spirit's been broken? I mean, from your childhood to physically dying and coming back to life, I mean. It's been broken quite yeah. a bit. There have been a lot but of initiations and it's been amazing and, and I wouldn't have changed any of it. And that's no. and I'm glad that I got abused and I'm glad that I was molested and I'm glad that I was a drug addict and I'm glad that I was an alcoholic. I mean, I was doing drugs while I was training and my elders would wow. be like, so. Yeah, they would know. They'd be like, yeah, they'd be like, so you, you, you're on this medicine, you know, so, you, so one thing you're going to do is look at what this medicine is for. What do you need this medicine for? I'm like, okay, I get your point. I get your point. Yeah. You know, and it, it really helped me. That's why I don't put pollutants in my body. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't put anything in my system because I, I don't need those medicines. You're high on life. <laughs> I am the high on life. Yeah, exactly. Right? People are like, oh, well, you know, you've done this medicine or you've done this ecstasy. And da, da, da. I'm like, I did all those things, but I am the ecstasy. I am yeah. the drug. I am the medicine. I am the medicine that's come into the world to liberate people back to their powers, to see the love that, it divine, that the divine love that is present in them without judgment, you know, without the idea that God doesn't love you and all this. And the reason why I chose to die, because it was a choice, I did have a choice. But I chose to die because I couldn't tolerate this religious nonsense of people constantly saying, like, this is what happens when you die. And, and then, you, you know, there's hell of heaven and hell. And then there's, you know, God will judge you yeah. and all this stuff. I want to know for myself. Yeah. So it's really funny because this one medicine woman in the jungle in Belize said to me, she said, you know, she goes, uh, she goes, boy, she goes, you, I like your funny boy, huh? And then she was making this, 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 this um, herbal concoction for me and stuff. And she goes, you know, you're going to die, right? And I said, yes, I already know. So nonchalantly. Very. Just she's like, a very powerful medicine woman. Amazing. She's, she lives in, uh, uh, in, um, uh, in, uh, in Belize on one of the small islands. Yeah. And uh, it's called Tobacco Keys. And so she's making this and she's telling me about all, you know, everything yeah. and stuff. And she says, I know why you go on this journey, boy. And I go, why is that? You know, because I always like to hear what the elders yeah, say. She say, because you're going to show, you want to know the truth. You, you don't want to be blind. <laughs> you want to die so you can come back and be like, I see what is on the other side. So you cannot change. You see, I'm a Scorpio. I need to go <laughs> need to the, the depths of the, the depths <laughs> of the depths of the depths. If you said that there's a dragon down there, I want to go see the dragon. But that's what I love so much about you that you're not just like, oh, well, someone told me this. Oh, you're no. Like, no. I know because I've done all exactly, the things. Exactly, exactly. So, and actually, I want to come back to you saying that you've tried all the drugs. There's, there's such this like movement, especially in the area we're living in, in LA, where people are seeking out drugs for enlightenment, for that experience. And I just want to know, like, 
Did, what did you learn from your experience with drugs and what's your take on that? That it was a tool, but it didn't give me what I, what it didn't show didn't me didn't give you power. the wisdom. It didn't, it, it was a tool that opened up a doorway, yes. but I didn't have the tools to understand what was in the doorway. Yeah. You see? So what do you think about these like ayahuasca journeys people have been going on? If they're led by someone who maybe knows the plant, is that, do you find that that can be an enlightening experience? Or I do believe that there is great ayahuasca deros. Uh, medicine men. I don't call yes. them shamans because they yes. haven't. I meet a lot of them, but they don't have any powers. They like to call themselves shamans. I know they do, and yes. that's cute. And I just like, I just, I don't really care. I'm just like, whatever. You're not for it. Yeah, I'm not for it. I'm mm -hmm. like, okay, you're, yeah, yeah. You call yourself a shaman, but you're not because a shaman exudes powers without using tools. Okay, yes. and you've seen my power, so you, yes. I, I can stand across the room and and exude power, and someone's like shaking and stuff. I don't have this ego about it like oh you know I'm better than you and it's not about being better we're all in this thing together what I would like to see is them hold the, the truth for for our for the for the tradition of shamanism yes shamans come from a long time when the earth was Pangaea way before that time all the way back to the beginning with the, the Anunnaki's the Sumerians and yeah. Egyptians there were shamans Moses was a shaman okay yeah. his wife was a medicine woman Zipporah so all of these um when these medicine, they're called medicine men. Mm -hmm. Medicine men are men who learn the fundamentals of being able to learn about the, the spirit, but understanding it through the medicines and yes. how people respond to the spirit of the medicine, of the plant. They're trained in knowing the plants, knowing how they're going to affect, knowing how much to give you, knowing all of these things. But now I see people who are just going to Peru for like a weekend course and coming back and administrating. And I'm like, how do you know how much to give? Yeah. You know, I seen someone doing a uh, sapo and having someone take the frog medicine. I said, how many times do you, you how, why will you have her smoke it two times? How do you know she needs it two times? Oh, I just know. I go, but how do you know? Do you know anything about physiology? No. So you mean to tell me if she, had, if she wanted a cardiac arrest right now, you don't know what to do. You don't know what to do. That's so dangerous. I was at an event. I was up in the mountains and this biker was having, uh, he took some kind of something. I was walking by and he was having like, he was going to his friends, like going to a seizure and doing all these things. And I just went up to him and I went boom, 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 boom and pulled this part of his arm. And he was like, wow. oh my God. He's like, and his friend's like, how did you do that? I said, because when you're a shaman, you learn about these things. You learn about the points that unlock certain parts of your organs, that unlock certain parts of your breathing. I had a friend one time, he fell off a, fell off this, um, this, uh, this fence, he was climbing, and his friend's like, oh my God, he's like going into shock and stuff, and I go, give me a second, I go, turn his, turn his back over, and I went boom, boom, boom on his spine, and then all of a sudden his shock stopped. And they're like, how'd you do that? I said, because there are points that remove shock from the body. But, wow. so they don't have that knowledge, you see? They don't yeah. study physiology, kinesiology, pathology, understanding how the body works, understanding the mechanics of the body. They understand medicine, and they understand what the medicine is going to heal. Mm. So. I respect that, but they don't have these powers where they can just go and like, okay, let me just go into this and let me look at, they don't have this kind of thing. Yeah. So I'm not saying that they're not great for who they are, but what I do have a problem with is when people call themselves a shaman and they're doing crystal work. That's not a part of shamanism. Yeah. Yeah. That's chromatology. That's not shamanism. That's totally different. You know, that's coming back from Atlantean times. That's, that's, the, that's what we call the, the seers of Atlantis. The old, the old teachers of Atlantis would use crystals for healing or they put you into these... these these, um, the these stone um, uh, encasements where the ocean yeah. water would come in and they used to have these big turb these wooden turbines where they used to spin it and it would create these sounds through the holes of the stone that would be these high-pitched sounds with the waters and they used to put crystals in there mm -hmm. and it would heal you. They, would do, they were masterful in the crystal work, but that's not shamanism. So 
shamanism really is the being the bridge between both worlds. That's right, the ambassador. Do you think that everyone has that ability or you're born with it or maybe like let's say someone maybe doesn't have the lineage that you have but they want to embrace that. Is Absolutely. that possible? Like, yeah. Yes, yes. Okay. Yes. Where would someone start? And like, especially with like embracing your power, a lot of people want to embrace their intuition and like step more into who they truly are. Like how would you, whether they're a shaman or not, how would, what, what are your tips on that? So first of all, to embrace your intuition, the first thing you have to do is you have to, you have to get out of this, this space within yourself or within your mind where you need to be right. Okay, yeah. this is the first key. Yeah. If you have a belief that you need to be right, you will block yourself from your intuition because mm. your intuition is, um, a, is a resonant tone that comes through your body mm. that has the gift of knowing. Yes. Okay? And that can only happen when you're open. And so opening means that you're open sensu in your sensuality, you're open in your sexuality, you're open in your creative expression, you're open in your ability to connect and, and, and respond, okay? Yeah. And this is very important information when I say connect and respond because this creates the ability for you to how open are you to your intuition, right? Your ability to not have fear of conflict or um, our fear of any type of onslaught for being present with your intuition, which is a big struggle for women because yeah. women have constantly been pushed down. So they've been taught to not trust their intuition because they've been told they're crazy or they're told that, you know, or persecuted. Are persecuted. Yeah. So they've got smaller, smaller bandwidth of their intuitional gate. And so the thing is, what my focus is, is to open, women, open up women's intuitional gate bigger and bigger until it becomes a huge reservoir of information signals coming in through their being and they're operating from oracle mentality. And you say, I remember when I saw you speak recently that women are at a level two intuition yes. and they need to get to a level eight. Mm -hmm. What about men and men's intuition? So is there men, also scalability like? Men the... can access their intuition, mm -hmm. but they have to first access the understanding of the need to be humble and vulnerable. Yeah. See, men can access intuition, but what stands in the way of feminine energy entering into the masculine sphere is the need to be humble and have humility. If you are able to have humility and humbleness, men use bravado and use energy of look at me, you should love me, look at what I've done, I want, I want kudos from mommy, <laughs> I want this kind of energy. Of so they do everything to show off, peacocking and doing all these things that they do. When, you do, when they do something wrong, instead of just confessing it and saying, I was wrong, I was weak, I was insecure, they have to get mad and upset and uh, and this and shut you off and cut you down. And that all that does is perpetuate them further away from their feminine energy. Do you think that's just societal conditioning or is that sort of the masculine's way of dealing with some of these issues? I believe it's societal conditioning. Societal conditioning has created an old, an old energy that comes back from ancient days, which I remember because I was a teacher in the, old, in the old schools on earth. And I remember when masculine energy was thwarted, when, when basically the darkness infiltrated the consciousness of human beings and found that the feminine wave would actually allow darkness to be brought into the light. Because if the feminine energy was activated, Feminine energy has the ability to see the, 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 the possibilities of danger, um, obstruction, um, injustice, imbalance, mm -hmm. and the ability to see the balance of harmony restored.
Yes. Now that's the that's the that's what we call the nexus, or what we what we would say like is the pyramid, right? Mm -hmm. So if you look at a pyramid, you have women here. Okay, so this is like this perfect example. Yeah. So uh, if you're looking at it from this two dimensional angle, you have uh -huh. women, mm -hmm. okay, women, men, the all seeing eye, which is the ability yeah. to have knowledge and wisdom, right? So the eye cannot be opened. The top part cannot be opened unless the feminine and masculine are in harmony. The feminine comes first because okay. that is the key to life. Yes. So the life the seed, the, exactly. So the life seed, the masculine structure energy then allows both of them goes up to the top and then the, the top is created. So if you look at a pyramid, it's always the same. Masculine, feminine, enlightenment. Masculine, feminine, enlightenment. Masculine, feminine, enlightenment. And if you look at some of the, the ancient, the thing is darkness knew that. Darkness knew that if we could throw one of them off, then the enlightenment would not be had. Suppressing the feminine. So if we suppress the feminine yeah. and make the masculine feel inferior to feel inferior, the feminine energy is inside of him, he's considered weak. We will raise up the masculine, lower the feminine, enlightenment will never be had, imbalance would be, be maintained, uh, destruction can be maintained, obstruction can be maintained, imbalance can be maintained, and harmony can be distorted. This darkness and it was like, that's what we're going for. And, and, and trust me, I know because I went into the dark realms and read their, their, their plans. Wow. I know exactly what darkness is up to on this planet. I know what it wants. I know what it's up to. I know how it gets into people. I know all the different beings in the underworld. I'm very familiar. If you ask any, if you ever have someone who's going through possession or ask a dark spirit, do you know Shaman Derek? They'll be like, of course we do. I have plummeted through their world, okay? Wow. I have spent, I remember when as a kid, I used to all the time do these rituals so I could go to the darkness. So wow. I can go inside. I want to know all of you. I want to know each and every Did it capability. Scare you as a child? Yeah, but you get over those fears. Yeah. Well, you had to. Yeah. Being a shaman. I mean, I was in my bed and there was this monster in my closet. And finally, I was just like, I had enough. I got out of my bed and I walked through the closet. I'm like, why are you here? And it's like, I'm here to scare you. Hmm. And I was like, why do you need to scare me? So you'll never ever go to the unknown. It doesn't, darkness doesn't, darkness, if you are straight, honest, if you're able to listen to the truth of darkness, darkness will tell you everything it's up to. It has, it, it has, a, it has a no shame policy. Wow. They're not like, That's oh, amazing. he's going to find out what we're doing. <laughs> There's no guessing game there. No, they're like, oh yeah, this is what we're up to. This so is what we're doing. In, in combating that, yes. what, what is the best way to, to not allow the darkness to take over? It, is that embracing the feminine and... That's, I mean, I believe well, that. in order for you not to let the darkness take over, you have to become masterful at discernment. And discernment yes. is the ability to understand what is love and what is not love. And it's a very simple thing. Kids do it all the time. They know when someone is being loved and they know when someone's not loved. Animals know when there's love and they know when there's Children not love. Children and animals have so much Humans, uh, I mean adults, I'm saying adult humans. Yeah. Okay. Um, they have distorted love so much that they have like confused themselves. Yeah. But don't you know the difference from abuse and, and, and non-abuse? Don't you know the difference between pain and pleasure? Yeah. The reason why you have duality is to give you a, a, to teach you discernment. That's the one of the cool gifts that we actually created was to create duality to give you a perspective of learning and experiencing um, discernment. Yeah. But now people are discerning. Like I have, I have religious friends and they discern things completely incorrectly. I'm like, I'm sorry, you're discerning things off of the Bible? How do you know darkness didn't infiltrate the Bible? Yeah. 
How do you feel well, darkness is infiltrated? Anywhere there is fear, anywhere there is hate, anywhere there is disillusionment of against love. Just remember this. I always tell people it's very simple. When I train my students, I was very, very clear with my young students. And I work with a lot of young kids. I train their parents, send them to me to train them. Yeah. Say, anything you experience that is not coming from love is the darkness. It's, that's true. Such I would sit in church thing. and they'd be saying beautiful things. And I was like, yes. I started getting the Holy Spirit, filling this energy, getting into it. Okay. As soon as they were like, and yes, and God is jealous. I'm like, darkness infiltrated that one. Let's make sure I make a note of that. <laughs> you know, it'd be like, okay, it's great. I'd be listening, listen, you know, people explaining, talking to me about the Quran. They'd be saying all these things and then they say something, something off. I'm like, okay, darkness got there. All right. So, okay. So we have this much truth here. There's this much truth here. And then there's this, yeah, this is a lie. Down know, this is a I lie. Think... This is love and truth. This is a lie. This is love and truth. That's a lie. This is love and truth because anything that opposes love is a lie. Yeah. And if people don't believe me who are religious, go look at Jesus' teachings. He was all love. He said it. Yeah. He said, give to God what belongs to God. Give to man what belongs to man. He, that doesn't just go for the coin that he was talking about in the marketplace. He's talking about the things that you create. Everything that you've created on this planet that is, this, that is tangible things that you have put your mind into belongs to, the, this, to this world. Yeah. God is love. Source energy just... He didn't say... It, it, he says... Even Jesus made a comment saying that he, someone asked him, how does one get into the kingdom of heaven? This should have been the eye-opener for all religious people. How does one get into the kingdom of heaven? And it says... It's in the Bible. It says, in order to enter the kingdom of heaven, one must come as a child. Jesus says that. He's looking at a child and he points to the child and he goes, in order for one to get into the kingdom of heaven, one must come as a child. What do they think that means? Come as your purest form, as your soul. Non-judgment, yeah. playful, open, free. Children are sensual. They're, 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 they're involved. They, they connect with one another. Not only until they get polluted by our system do they start to start getting into this kind of bickering and all this kind of other stuff. Yeah, the society and the pressure, and the schooling system, the whole thing just comes down on them. That's right. <sighs> Come as a child. We're all victims. That's why I play it. with toys. Come as a child. I will yeah. never stop being a kid. Never. I still love watching the old Disney films. Well, I watch Disney. I play with action figures. I play my remote control cars. You know, I'm like, I'm planning a trip to go to Disneyland soon with one of my close friends. Oh, I love Disneyland. And I'm a big kid. Well, wow. That's, thank you so much for all of this. I want to ask you a couple questions. Yeah. Um, about you. Okay. We could talk forever. Um, what has been the hardest lesson for you to learn in this lifetime, whether through your work or just your personal experiences? My hardest lesson that I've had to learn is being humble. Hmm. Especially uh, when you come with so many powers. Yeah, it's a, it's a constant reminder every day. And I what love, helps? and I actually have learned how to enjoy the reminder. What keeps you in that place? Constantly being aware. Yeah. You know, even like the times where like, I catch myself if I'm like name dropping or doing all these. I'm like, oh, I'm getting, I'm getting programmed by the system. Exactly. What is this about? Where is, where do I, what insecurity do I have? Why do I have to mention this person's name? Why, what is the insecurity that's coming up in me that makes me feel like I'm more valid because I work with that person or I'm more valid because that person is my friend? Do you understand yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, of course. Getting, staying in that place of humbleness and, and, um, and, re and reminding myself that the more powerful I become, the more humble I need to be. Yeah. And really staying in that place. And it's, it, it's not like, oh, I'm humble. You know, I catch myself practice. all the time. I mean, I did a thing recently 
uh, with So Retrograde, the podcast was a live thing, and I noticed I wasn't being humble in that situation. I could have just listened to the women and just kind of shut my mouth and be like, let me just take this in and be humble. But instead, my like, you know, my forwarding, pushing self that wants to forward women forward was like pushing more so than my love should have been. And I wasn't being humble. So I had to stop, go home, meditate, ask myself, not get mad. That's the other thing. Humbleness also don't means yourself. don't punish myself. Yeah. Give so, love to yourself, too. Yeah. So the process is not like hitting my hand, but it's like. Okay, baby, you weren't being humble tonight. You yeah. know what you were doing. <laughs> like you would talk to a lover. I talk oh, to myself. This is how I talk to myself. Yeah. I come home, I'm like, oh, baby, you know, this wasn't the way that you could have did things. You could have did things from this place, you know, and, um, and come from a place of love and more nurturing towards, you know, this situation. And now let's, mm. let's, let's make, let's make uh, ways that we can make this uh, into a better situation for, yeah. for everyone. Right. But it's like always reminding myself, nurture myself with that, with my growth and be humble, not just only to myself, but also to others. Of course. To be thankful when beautiful gifts show up, not to, to be entitled and take it for granted. But I'm grateful and humbled for your, for your offering, for your beautiful words, for the things that you are bringing to me, because you don't have to do these things for me. You don't have to bring me on your show today. You don't have to. People, people send me all kinds of gifts in the, in, in the, in the mail. Some of people send me stuff because they want me to wear it and put it out in the public. And some people send me stuff because they really want me to have it. Yeah. But even if whatever they send me, whatever it's coming from, I'm so humble for it. I'm so yeah. thankful. You don't have to do that. They don't have to give me anything. I'm, no one owes me anything. Yeah. You know, people, I have a friend once said to me, he said, my, I'm so mad at my parents. You know, they have all this money and they, I can't believe they're not buying me this apartment building. I'm like, they don't have to do that for you. No. They don't owe you that. They didn't say, oh, I have a kid and I owe you an apartment building. <laughs> all they had to do was bring you into this world. You breathing. Okay, good. That's it. The fact that they give you all these things is because they, they, that's, that's what they choose to give. That's extra. Yeah. That's love. No one owes me anything. Yeah, you're coming from such a place of gratitude. Yeah, so when no one owes, when you have the idea, like you don't have this entitlement. Like if I drink, uh, drink some water or put a glass down, I have to stop and go, wait a second. I, no one has the right to, no one has to come and pick that up for me. I should pick it up. Yeah. It's like, it's like getting and staying in humble and being out of the entitlement allows me to be able to be more present. Yeah. And be more present here. It's a it's a wonderful Such feeling. Such an important lesson. Yeah, that we all. I love it. I, and, and and it's a reminder every day. Yeah, it's not like oh, I figured it all out. I'm Shaman Durek. No, it's a journey. Yeah, exactly. And when do you feel the most peace and the most joy? I feel the most peace and most joy when well, I have several times. Okay? So playing video games. Yes. What are your favorite video games? Um, so I like games that are spiritually in, in, in um, like uh, geared. Mm-hmm. You know, one of my things I want to do in the future is create my own my own video game uh, business. Uh, what do you call it? Company yeah. that creates enlightened video games. Oh, I like that idea. So I like games that have enlightenment to them. Things mm. that actually have a, ma- a message. Yeah. Like I love this game Journey. Mm. I love it because you're this Such you're this name. character mm-hmm. who's in the desert and you're learning about you're going to these temples and reading these these scrolls of temples and your only way to communicate is by making a sound and there's other people in the game who are playing from around the world and you can choose to interact with them and you communicate only through these symbols and sounds but you actually learn how to talk to each other through these symbols and sounds and you go to these temples and you meditate and you doubt you gain all this wisdom and knowledge and then it grow you grow this um this kind of like um a ribbon behind your neck and it allows you to fly and my mentality of that is the more more you are able to connect with people without fear and also to learn wisdoms and so forth you fly 
it takes yeah. your consciousness higher. So in the game, he, the, the, his ability to fly That's goes incredible. more and more and more and more and more. Never heard and of it. And then his whole purpose in the game is to get to go to the light. Wow. So there's this light and his whole thing is to go to the light. But he realizes in the game, he has to die in order to get to the light. He actually thinks he has to get there by being him. But then he dies in this snowy mountain and then he ends up in, in the spirit world and he makes his way towards the light. And it's the journey of connecting with all the beings that get him to that light. It's this beautiful. This is such an enlightened video game. I've never heard. I didn't even know that these things existed. Yeah. It's, and there's like one. There's another one called Bound, which is about a woman. She's pregnant and she has a child and she's going through a lot of mental pain and suffering and emotion. So she's got all these negative thinkings going on. Mm -hmm. So her child inside of her go, goes into a spirit world and, and is a ballet dancer. And the mm. mother is in that world as a queen. And darkness is taking over the mothers and bringing negative thoughts into the mom. And so her job is to create the most poetic, beautiful dance and dance through all of her dark thoughts until mm. she becomes completely free of them. So that when she, so the baby's healing her in this world and in the spirit world is a ballet dancer healing her mother through the dance. That's so beautiful. And it sounds like a really amazing visual to witness Oh, it's as well. so amazing. And the dance is so beautiful. I mean, you see all the dark thoughts coming and, and then she just spins and she pirouettes and does this ballet dance and these ribbons come around her and it take, completely removes all the darkness. Wow. It's so beautiful. This is inspiring me to play video games. Yeah, so I like <laughs> games that are enlightenly and um, have enlightenment in them, yeah. have messages in them. And um, it's just really special. It's something... Um, Something, something really makes me happy. The other thing that makes me happy is um, practicing my powers. Yeah. Um, there's nothing like getting up and saying the words, moving the hand gestures to open up balls of fire and then be able to move in it. And then uh, my other thing that I love is going traveling to other dimensions and connecting with friends of mine. Other Because I'm I, and as a shaman, you're friends with many beings in other dimensions. I've helped mm -hmm. them and they've helped me. So yeah. we have this great relationship. So there's this one friend of mine who lives in this um, dimension where... Um, everything is like liquid and, and everything moves in liquid and there's like, uh, and he was going through a really difficult time and he needed energy from this world to yeah. help him. And so wow. he called out to me and so I went into his world to give it to him and he got better and I got to spend time with all the people in his kingdom and, you know, it's such a beautiful thing and people be like, oh, you're crazy. But no, these beings really exist and they're my friends. Yeah. You know, or like going to the fairy realm and spending time with the Polyphilina and the head council of fairies and learning about their ways and talking to them and to them telling me things or going into different realms and they're giving me symbols to bring back to earth wow. for healing and stuff. This, these are my fun things to do, you know, going to the underworld. Underworld is so interesting because there's so many doorways. Like I remember one time I was in the underworld and this like. There's all these soldiers battling on a battlefield. Like they're stuck in a perpetual loop of their war that they played wow. out when they were on Earth. That sounds and, like hell. Yeah, going through uh -huh. and walking through and seeing the cannons go off and like seeing the that they, they're like charge. They're no, they, they don't know they're stuck. They think they're still on the battlefield. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> and so sometimes wow. I can get close up to them and I can look at them as they're like, you know, one of them sweating and they're like, you know, going with their musket guns and I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm in it. I'm in it. I'm watching them and like, do they you recognize know, you? Are they like, oh, this only guy's the ones who are only through. the ones who are ready. Wow. But there's different levels of the underworld. There's areas in the underworld where they don't. They're in loops, and then there's areas in the underworld where they're not in loops. They're just there. And then I'll go through the certain streets in the underworld in the city, 
and I'll talk to certain people like, what did you do that? Like, why are you here in the darkness? And they're like, well, you know, I, um, I killed myself. And when the light came, I couldn't accept what I did. So I went to the darkness or some of them will say like, I killed my child. You know, I gave them too much medicine when they were sick and they, they died because of, you know, and we didn't have much and we were on a farm and blah, 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 blah. But when I died, I couldn't accept what I did. So I went to the darkness. So I'm here, you know, um, here. And I, so I, I, I go, well, you let me help you. Let, let me talk to you about this. Let me show you how loved you are. And then I bring them home. And it, one of the greatest feelings that I get is when I get to bring them home is like, they come with me, they fly, we fly upward and we go through all of these beautiful spheres of energy and all I can see the in celestial realm, I see all the different realms until there's this beautiful light and then like their family is there that left that they didn't, mm. that, that's just waiting for them in heaven and I get to say goodbye to them, I give them hugs and like, you know, and they thank me and you know, it, then I go back to the underworld and see if I can find others who want to go home. That's so special. To me, this is the best thing. I can spend hours doing this, you know, and that's really great. Also, things are great for me is that I like to talk to darkness. I like to know what they're up to. Yeah. I like the conversations we have. They're very smart, you know, and they're just like, oh, well, humans do this and this. So this is what we're doing. And they have no problem telling me. And we have these deep conversations like they think when they're getting possessed or they feel like we're like demons. They think we have like monsters with like corns and, and hooves and things like that. We're just people like them. Yeah. We're just we were humans once. We just can't go to the light because we can't accept ourselves so it's so interesting that if you're aware of that you think that you'd be able to change it or no <laughs> it's not that easy because they have to let go maybe. of what they did that's true surrender they don't want to surrender the hardest things to do yeah wow so yeah, that's, that's where I, this is where I, I get love my these, joy. These shaman direct hobbies, the yeah. video games, and then going to the underworld. Yeah, it's fun for me, <laughs> and I love practicing magic. I love like yeah. teaching my nephew. I love being in front of my nephew or my friends' kids and showing them how to to move energy and how to to pull in beings and talk to fairies and talk to trees. And my nephew finds it. He's like, "This is amazing!" Like, Uncle, that's show so me something awesome. new. Show me a new symbol. So I'll teach him the symbol, and I'll watch him in the room practicing. My sister's like, "Oh, there he." Goes goes young shaman in training so sweet, though. i if love it all these little kids had the knowledge that you have or the gifts or even just to be more aware of your surroundings and of yourself and to embrace love i mean it could change the, it would change the world yeah if people were i love the being with that. the kids i love i love it like when my when my friend's kids will come and i'll put them in the chair and i'll be like okay so i'm gonna hide something and then i want you to use your emotions and find it Wow. Or I'll say, or I'll put them, like I was at my friend Kyle Godfrey's house in New York and her daughter and a bunch of kids were in the room. And I said, okay, I'm going to think of a color. You tell me what color I'm thinking of. Do they usually get it? Mm-hmm. Wow. And if they don't get it, they, I told them, don't get mad at yourself. You're training that muscle. Well, as a kid too, you, just, you already believe in magic. You're already playing with your imaginary friends and the make-believe. And, you know, my whole childhood was Harry Potter and... Disney films, you know, right? And like Santa Claus even was like, oh my God, Santa Claus is coming. And you already believe in that stuff without question. Right, right. Yeah. So it must be, I, I wish I could, I want to see one of these sessions with you and a, and a child. Or just even hanging out in my friend's house. They're kids. Like they have yeah. the best time with me. They're like, bring that, like, like you know, I'll be you at one. You have of, that child energy, that playfulness. 
Yeah. It's very infectious. I went to a birthday party once with my girlfriend. She's a she's an you know she's an amazing woman. She always has these kid parties at her house, and uh, it's all the young mom, the young celebrity moms of L.A. They bring all their kids and stuff, and they're all sitting there with drinking their drink and watching their kids <laughs> and stuff, and all the kids coming over to me. They're like, "How'd the fairies tickle me?" You know, and so I like, and they're all like laughing on the grass as I'm That's having so the fairies cute. tickle them, and they're like, "Have our nanny do it," and then the nanny comes and she's like, "Are you really? Is this real?" And I'm like, "Lay down," and then she's like, "Oh my." God, like when you said that? for the fairies to make us laugh, mm-hmm. that was amazing. Yeah, because there's all these dimensions, but humans, they think because they don't see it, it doesn't exist, and that's arrogance. Well, even emotions, we all agree that emotions exist. People say, I'm angry, I'm sad, I'm happy. So if that's just a vibration that you're perceiving, then how is that any different than a fairy could exist? Yes, but they don't even you know? go and find where the emotion comes from. They just say, oh, I'm angry, but where did it come from? Yeah, I always try and think, where do I feel it in my body? And not to say I am this, just I feel feelings of, you know, hurt. It's in my solar plexus and it looks red and it's this. Try and like observe it as opposed to just, you know, it overcoming you completely. Or you take the next step and find its origin. Mm. It might not even be in an origin. Like it could have been someone you walked by in the street and because you're empathic, wow. you took on their anger. So the first trigger hits you, you're able to come flying through. <laughs> so true. Wow. I call them echoes. That's oh, why I tell people if you name. move into a building, don't just move into a building. Clean the building first. Yeah, you got to check out the space. Yeah, you could have had a couple so fighting in the building, and then all of a sudden you move in with your husband and you guys and get you divorced because you're, you're fighting and you don't know where it's coming from. You never fought before. And I've had many people call me up, be like, me and my husband can't stop fighting. We would never fought before. What's going on, Shaman? I go to their house and I see... There was an echo in the walls and the floors wow. and all the doorways and everything that was left by the people who lived there before. It's a so they just absorbed it. They're out. sleeping at night. They're absorbing all that energy mm. into their being. Whoa. Be careful who you let in real. your home. Be careful who yes. you let in your home. Yes. Or clean I've, it. I've always been very like, I don't know if the, I like this person, but maybe not in this space. Yeah, or just you clean know? them. You know, clean it. Sacred. Get should a mat and put some, put some, um, you know, certain things under the mat so that way yeah. you can clean it. That's a good idea. My final question for you, I feel like, especially the past two years, there's been so much going on globally in the political sphere everywhere, people freaking out, like it's the end of times, and Trump's our president, and people really giving a lot of attention to the darkness. And I really feel that things are shifting for the better. Mm -hmm. But what gives you the most hope? Because you've been to so many places, you've seen the best and the worst of humanity, but what gives you hope in this time? I don't have hope Mm. because hope is a crossroad. Okay. Hope means if a doctor said to me, I have, you know, I'm hopeful that we can make it through this surgery. I'm going to be like, don't touch me. (laughs) That's a really good point. Because hope is like, I want something to go this way, but I'm also holding on to the fact that it won't. Yeah. And uh, and that's basically what hope means to me. I I have belief Mm. in the human species. Yes. What is your what is your belief? Like, where does it come from? That right humans now? will either do two things. They'll either one create so much suffering and pain that they'll be forced to change because they can't take the pain anymore. They'll get tired of killing because they're tired of watching people get killed. They'll get tired of war because they're going to be tired of watching people go to war. Yeah. That's what we've done so far in evolution. Or people realize that who are in power and people who are healers and teachers and whatever do the same thing that happened in the Renaissance period, which is raise the vibration so high, make it at every, you eat, sleep, and, and, and live love as a, as, as, yeah. a, as a constitution of your being. 
okay? Mm -hmm. you, you recognize it as the anthem of your walk, your talk, the way you operate in your life, that it's so infectious that it literally infects every person you come in contact with yeah. because the love is so good that they're gonna want it too because they see how good it feels yeah. versus what they're feeling on the other end. And that creates a global shift energetically. So the, the value um, becomes much more wanted for this than it does this. And so yeah. this then becomes obsolete and the overlying energy is evolution in, in love as the foundation of that evolution. And do you believe we're in the process of that evolution? I believe we're in the process of cleansing. Yes. <laughs> it definitely feels that way. Yes. And then do you think maybe it'll go towards that? I have belief that it yeah. will. Mm -hmm. How, which path of the quantum choices that humanity will choose for themselves will be dependently chosen within the next five to six years of how that actually is going to play out. It's a very important time to be here. Well, thank you so much for being here. Oh, I thank you. such gratitude for you and all the work that you do. It is so vital and it's so important that we all listen to you and keep spreading the love that is so infectiously given by you. I mean, just being around you, it's always so uplifting and it feels really great. So thank you for all of your, your work. Thank you for being here. Thank you for everything. And thank you for coming on the actual podcast. And you want to hear something really very interesting? So yeah. I'm grateful for your words. Mm -hmm. Thank you. But everything you said mm -hmm. is for you. Mm. Give so at some point when you get a chance, listen back to your thank you yeah. and say, that's for me. Mm. That's so powerful. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for that. Thank me. Yeah. Remember you spoke about that yes. before. Yeah. Yes. So thank yourself as well. I thank myself for being here, being service. I thank myself for being willing to, to overcome the iniquities, the pains, the sufferings that, I was, that I've gone through. I thank myself for being able to share my love so freely, so openly, to share my knowledge so freely, so openly. I thank myself for waking up every day and smiling and putting love in my heart. I thank mm -hmm. myself for being here and sharing love, wisdom, and understanding with, with you. I thank myself. I thank you too, and myself. And I thank me. You see, we become here. a society that needs to constantly hear, please thank you to make ourselves feel better. Yeah. We have to thank ourselves so that our power of manifestation, our power of acknowledgement, our power of self actualization becomes much more present in our sphere of thought. Mm, yeah. I like that a lot. So I thank myself. You thank yourself, and together we are grateful. Yes. <laughs> I'm very grateful for me and for you. I am as well. <laughs> thank you. And me. <laughs> <laughs> we got it, right? Wow, what an amazing episode. Be sure to follow us on Instagram for more mystical content, at Shaman Durek and at Mystic Tribe Co. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We have some amazing guests lined up for the next few episodes that I can't wait to share with you. Love you all. See you next time.